welcome to 172. This is a podcast where we interview 172 inspiring people of color to commemorate the 172 reported black lives lost to police brutality. Through these interviews, we explore the themes of systemic racism and how it's embedded within our culture and society. But most importantly, how our interviewees overcame these adversities despite all the odds against them. These inspiring and touching stories truly ground the audience in the realities many American minorities encounter every single day. These same stories, though, uplift our audience. They remind the audience that despite all the narratives, all the stereotypes, despite the mechanisms of social norms squeezing them into an unnatural mold, human potential prevails. Their human potential reflects resilience. Their personal triumphs show how we can embody our own identities while accomplishing our aspirations. They truly reveal how anything is possible, even in a world that wants you to remain silent. This is 172. Michelle Singleton is a multifaceted leader, creative director, stylist, and art activist from the Bay Area. After college, Michelle built her fashion merchandising career in tech space, where she brought tremendous value to startup companies by launching products and services and being an exceptional leader. Corporate structures were always limiting, and she struggled to find her place. Later, she found purpose through a passion project with her core community. In 2018, she co-founded Her Places In, an entity dedicated to social action through art. This entity focused on building community, celebrating diversity, and empowering femininity for everyone while advancing societal education. Her Places In is shifting culture through the power of storytelling. As elected president, she has led a team of creative women in the fight against injustice and racism. In 2019, National Geographic selected a photo from her project titled Skin, which brought their organization global attention and lasting support. Through humility and empathy, her team believes they can continue to shift culture through storytelling if we just listen. Please welcome Michelle Singleton. This episode is in memory of George Floyd. Said I didn't have a linear path. I went to school for fashion. I wanted to be a designer and I you know, did a lot of work towards that path. And then I sort of ended up working for e-commerce or in the e-commerce space, I should say. I started working for startups in the Bay Area and that path is like what sort of like brought me to where I'm at. Um, I had been working um, in like the merchandising space for a really long time and I was very drawn to all of the creative, the in-house creative that was going on. And luckily I did work with some folks who um, like brought me into that space and I was able to kind of work alongside or watch or be on photo shoots and, you know, help assist with styling and especially with like having really strong uh, fashion um, education as well as having a strong retail background. It only made sense like, she knows what she's doing and so I was invited into that space quite often and as I kind of moved throughout my career again I would always find myself really attached to the creative department um but I was in the merchandising space so I I worked really closely with them and I just sort of you know got my hands wet where I could 
at that at the in those times and throughout the time um I I kind of like accidentally developed myself as an art director I would say because um when I was in those spaces I always found you know it very frustrating when or let me let me start with this I always I noticed that I wasn't really getting the proper mentorship that I needed um, by leadership and managers that I had. And one of the things that, um, because I started recently mentoring and I was like, what makes a good mentor? Like, I always just like ask Google, like, what makes a good mentor? Like, how can I, um, you know, serve the youth properly? And also remembering like, when I didn't have a mentor guidance, like, what would I want? And one of the things that I can look back and look back on now is that, um, you know, a good mentor and a good manager and a leader um, recognizes skills that you may not even realize you have. Um, they're going to definitely encourage you when they see that you're excited about particular projects and really kind of groom you to like work in that space more. You know, they want to open, like they should be opening that door for you, especially when right. you're in in those in the corporate space or you you're a business professional they should be like oh like I recognize this about you so I always found myself like not really being encouraged and supported to do the things that I was good at and so I really didn't know like how to even bring like put myself into that space or speak up because you know, as a as a child and just like as a black woman, like it's it's not encouraged for us to always speak up, and that was really frustrating um, because I didn't really know what to do. I didn't really know how to do it, and because like my family didn't um, climb a similar ladder as me, like I really didn't know like who to turn to. So I I was kind of like just always trying to navigate it, and then I sort of felt like well, I didn't study design. I didn't go to art school. So I was kind of using that as like, and I was, I was putting that into my own mind, but then I was all, it was also being reinforced by people around me. Like, again, I, I didn't really feel, again, I was, I wasn't encouraged to really step in and, and try. And, you know, they say fake it till you make it. And it's really interesting because those same people who have said that to me are the same people who kind of like tell me that I may not like I, I may not be the right fit for a particular role or you should try to do this instead of this because you know you don't you know they're looking for x y and z and so it's really interesting when you have um all these kind of mixed messages from your colleagues and from those who should be really helping groom you into being a better version of yourself so I sort of um I like to think of it like you know we are looking to get a seat at the table. A lot of times, especially being a black woman, it's like, how do I get a seat at the table so that I can invite people in? And as I've developed my creative pursuits, actually what I've realized over the last few years is that, is that I've created and made and built that table for, for myself. I didn't really right. ever have anyone say like, hey, like we're gonna invite you in. With Her Places In, I created that table with the collective and said, okay, I'm gonna hold seats open for people who need to be in this space. So after those years of really, really trying to get into that space or speak up and say, how can I support? Um, I always found 
myself really just depleted and used in those corporate spaces. So I, I, I'm expressing interest and in wanting to, you know, what can I, what can I be, you know, maybe a stretch project for me um, to develop myself. But instead, like I was, I was, I would say that I was being um, just exhausted of everything that I had. Like, let's use Michelle for her skills. Let's use her to model. Let's have her also do her full-time job. Let's not give her a pay raise. Let's give her a promotion and not um, have an increase in pay on that. So it, it was like I was being exhausted of like my personal resources, you know? When I think about Africa as a continent and it having so many resources and us like taking away from all of its re- like it was like that it was like let's right. take everything she has because she's not really speaking up she's not really like putting her foot down and another thing like you know I wasn't um, I wasn't given the tool of boundaries and that was something that I developed over the years so so yeah as I kind of progressed in my career. I was like, started to find myself really comfortable outside of that, you know, professional space, or I guess cor- corporate space, like a structured environment. Um, and so then Her Place Is In was born. Yeah. And Her Place Is In, what I really wanted to talk about is like how it started. Yeah. And it pretty much like the way I look at it was like, it was a celebration um, of friends, celebration of diversity between friends. We actually um, came together and realized that through just like deep conversation, we were realizing we were having the same struggles um, as women of color, also as black women, because we have um, a really beautiful array of people of color. And, um, you know, one of the things that we realized as well was like, or kind of just like how her place is in developed as a name as a brand name was how we're all often told just where what place you should be in and that was like how that movement started and we were just like okay let's let's bring this to the table let's share this with the community and we did it in such a authentic and um like there was a lot of work that went into it but it was very organic it was you know as as like we needed things to you know come to life we pulled from the collective or the collective said hey I'm really good at that so like or I want to do that mm-hmm. and that was enough for us to um or like all of us just you know co-founding this organization we were like okay great go do it you know we, yeah we, very we encouraging yeah we were empowering each other along the way we weren't um saying actually do you have five years of experience doing that um or we we just weren't uh, you know gatekeeping yeah we we didn't we didn't we didn't feel the need to gatekeep we were we were excited we were passionate we all wanted to tell the story and we wanted to do it together and I think that was what because you know when I said like we just brought it to the community like the authenticity behind it was what I think uh, resonated with everyone when they saw the artwork come to life. As an art director, you're aware of like the importance of like diverse representation and just kind of like going through like these 
positional steps that led you to where you are today? What made you aware of like discrimination even within the art community? Yeah, I think because it was something that I already just knew was a reality, like in um, the world that I live in, yeah. I I just knew it existed in every every single medium out there. Like there was never um, something that I was like, oh, like racism doesn't exist here. Like I just, I mean, as far as making, um, I think when, like, especially when I was in corporate spaces um, and then just what I continue to see in this space is that creative directing roles, art directing roles, you know, lead design, head, head designer roles, they're always led by white male perspective. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is, um, you know, says everything we need to know because if you have one perspective telling the story, you're just never going to really know the truth. Right. And I think what's really important, especially in developing art and creating um, art that represents, you know, beauty and diversity and but real beauty, you know, because uh, we really want to redefine real beauty and real people, real stories, um, is to really recruit people who the story belongs to. Um, And that's what we do with Her Places In. Um, Also, I recently came across Spike Lee doing a, or I don't think he started it yet, but he's supposedly making an American war, uh, American Indian war movie from Native American perspective. So that is very similar to how Her Places In has been building itself. We invite the community and, and, you know, at first it started with us. We told our story. There were no filters. We didn't airbrush anything. We didn't edit, you know, anything out to kind of like make the story more palatable. We, um, said this is our story like yeah let's let's bring it to light and, and so when we invite the community and we, we ask them like what their challenges are around whatever it is whatever theme we pick so you know we had color and then we did skin and then we did hair those themes are just a lens so that we can dive into deeper um, issues around injustices racism unity and getting getting to an understanding because we believe that um, using are as a way to kind of connect so that we can start to make change with each other and right. it starts with bringing those people in who it's their story like this is my story i'm going to tell it so um in the art community i think that um what's beautiful now is that you do have a like we've come such a long way but um i'm i'm seeing more and more just you know, directors in all types of areas, whether it's film and especially film, like all of our, our directors are just really telling their own stories. Um, and they, they can recognize when they need to recruit someone else who can tell the story better. Um, and an example of that, of just like how we're like at her places in, we ensure, because I have, I still have like unconscious, uh, when it comes to certain things I may miss areas that someone else may be able to highlight and 
an example of that was when um, our beauty director who really helped curate all of the hair styling and the makeup styling for that day um, requested a loctician on set for the women who had locks in their hair and I just if she hadn't said that that could have been a miss for us okay. you know she didn't say hey we need to make sure we have a loctician on set you have multiple women with locks in the hair and if somebody is like oh well her you know she just have her style her own hair um and and like that is part is part of art directing that is so sensitive and I've you know heard um from people who've had experiences modeling and they did not even get their hair attended to when there are things that you can do with all types of hair while you're preparing them to be on set like and it and it's and it's disheartening um to see it so when I had had I I have had opportunities to work on set in the corporate spaces as well and you know what really bothered me was when I would see um you know some uh, hairstylist who I'm a black woman so I know how you're supposed to do different hairstyles uh, or you ha- what how you're supposed to comb it um and I just was, I watched you know hairstylists totally disrespect the hair texture as they're styling their hair and to me that was a very important that, that that was a step in you know let's make sure we're hiring a hairstylist who actually knows what they're doing yeah. and um those are the kinds of questions and recruiting and um sort of like the the research and the homework that that goes behind how we build out all of our projects at her place design we're making sure that like wh- what did we miss and so when it comes to the art community i really um, and especially the, the art space in the corporate in the corporate world, I really challenge them to hire uh, the folks who can really advocate for that story the right way. If it's not your mm-hmm. story, like you should really think twice about telling it. Right, right. And I feel like specifically with hair, a lot of people are very judgmental when it comes to it they're kind of just like what's the significance why does it mean so much to you or like what's the thing and just if you could like offer like your perspective as just like a black woman on why that is so important because I think it's really just like a learning experience for everyone to understand that these beauty standards not everyone can uphold to them and that it really is discouraging like to your self-esteem and your self-efficacy if you can't mirror or reflect that standard so what has been like your perspective with like her places and and also just as your own individual concerning the subject of hair yeah wow um thank you for asking that I think there's so much like that goes into that but um you know the Eurocentric standards of beauty has been forced um and anti-blackness like on our own selves has you know really eaten at us right um every every part of our blackness has been um looked at as bad and we 
are now trying to kind of get through that trauma to like really love who we are as a people and we've come a long way you know I being in like Oakland for the last 10 years um I saw things very differently and so now that I'm in the south like which um you know I've been quarantined so I can't really you know I'm still kind of getting myself um familiar with the community but uh you know I I saw something very different in California and growing up in Oakland and um the beauty of accepting uh natural hair and just it just was a different it just 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 very different. So I guess I'll say when it comes to really embracing our blackness, that is a step in a form of activism, you know, right there. And I know that for me, most, a lot of my early like life, I, I remember like not really appreciating um my natural texture like I always wanted to kind of tame it and really um just not just make it look like something else and what was always really frustrating was not only did you have comments from or like backhanded comments from you know white people who may have said like oh you you look more professional with your hair straightened and you're just like I don't understand how that makes me look more or less professional but then also hearing that you look better with straight hair from a black man and that is also just adding to Mm -hmm. the issues and it adds to insecurity it adds to making us feel like how can we be good enough if you know our own people have comments and things to say about our blackness and I mean this this happened you know years ago and I that was always very frustrating it kind of goes back to making sure that you're recruiting people whose story it belongs to if if like I have this different perspective um and my background and my experience is just different from yours first and foremost like teams are better and teams have a a stronger like genius like as a group as a collective like our genius is even more powerful when you have people of different backgrounds who have lived different lives and there are people who have lived you know maybe tougher situations um and not to compare them but there are just people who experience different things than me that I might feel like that is tougher than what I've had to endure, whatever that is, but just how I've um, came up in this world and how harder I felt like I had to work just to gain recognition. Yeah. Um, Like that took a long time and I felt like I was always reinventing myself to prove something, Mm -hmm. like to prove a point to someone who actually at the end of the day didn't even matter. Right, (laughs) right. Like, it doesn't even matter what you think because I'm on the ground doing this work for the community and it's always easier to criticize and tell somebody how they should be doing something or how it could be better. 
but I definitely experienced um, a lot of jealousy, I would say, uh, whether you want to say hate, but I, I've experienced, unfortunately, jealousy from other creatives um, and that, that were white people. And I never understood, like, why. I didn't understand, like, where the sentiment of jealousy was coming from when I felt like I did put in work to get to where I was yeah and maybe someone else may have just discredited what I've done or had their own feelings of insecurity and so they were projecting on me so I just had to learn to really focus on what it was that I was you know set out to do um and just keep doing that and and yeah and not get too tied up with like oh I have to now learn this because this is gonna give me more again give me more credit a bit credibility and I think that's just like what black people always feel like they need to do they always have to have you know more degrees than um oh their white counterpart because it, it's built the system is built for us to not succeed right so right. we overcompensate yet we already have the talent and skill set right. and it is very fun it's so it's so so frustrating that um you know we're overcompensating we're um and and yet and sometimes you'll still see us with a title that we should have surpassed a few years ago right now i feel like what's really infuriating is how people are taking advantage of the current situation for political agendas because i think that at the end of the day like you shouldn't taint the phrase like black lives matter with your own political agenda you know because it just it polarizes people so much and it's just like why can't we just agree on this basic statement it shouldn't be political at all i i i cannot comprehend this the division of the statement because yeah i don't know how else we can kind of put it and there's been so many analogies on the internet that say let me give you an example of why this isn't this is irrelevant but I don't even know why we have to say that and that's what should just be common sense right and I think that is to distract it's to distract it's to um for those maybe it's like, how do we get people to like not agree with that statement and believe in this statement so that we can continue with our agenda of um, upholding, you know, our superiority and let's continue to oppress the black people. So that is a part of the agenda, that bigger agenda that they have created. Mm-hmm. Um, so that in itself, again, like you said, I don't even know why it needs to be explained but I think it's there to distract and you know I hope I hope that more people like just can get an understanding Um, I don't know what the percentages of like people who are on this side and on this side of that of of, like and especially in different um, states and different counties like I know um, there's so many different views in just in, in that space. So 
I I just think that we just have to remember to stay grounded and focused and um, remember that we actually have, like, again, this isn't new. There, it's not all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about war on drugs and how that affected the Black community, it's just another tactic. Yeah. Um, we're, smart, we're smarter than that, though. So don't, you know, get caught up in that. And I don't think it's, it, but those who are on the other side are insane. And actually, to be honest, like, I've heard other Black people say all lives matter. I see, and I, I didn't think that was, a, I, I was like, wait, there, and I think it was like a mixed race person. Yeah. And I was blown away by, it was a friend of a friend of a friend, like who this person was like saying the statement. And I was like, that, so people really are, before you like see it on the news and it's out there, but when you like actually see know someone face. who like yeah. has a conversation about why or, or trying to argue, I was like, this is crazy. So yeah when it comes to all of that i i feel like black people just need to continue to organize mobilize and continue to put their effort into what they've been doing uh, for their communities continue to you know um find ways to advocate for each other but you know we have to continue to like pour into our community and um because it, it, it this we've always been fighting this war you know it's again none of this is new it's just like it comes out in different forms over all of these years that have passed I think that our you know social change and our impact in helping start the conversation I think the next you know the growth in the future is really infusing like how we evolve as a people and how black people evolve how black bodies are um you know really highlighted and um just not taken for granted anymore just making it making like diversity more genuine and appreciated and embraced yes yes genuine i think that 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 word um that could that word can be very taken or can be taken for granted too you know how yeah a lot of times a lot of things just kind of like how are you know right now during this time you know being like groups that are vulnerable like how you taking advantage of that it's like when you know you're genuine like really authentic and genuine about what it is that you want to do I think that really goes a long way and um it really strikes you know yeah. audiences and captivates so you know remembering to um just be be genuine about everything you do yeah and just kind of to wrap things up what would you say for everyone who feels lost and unheard right now I would definitely say that just know your ancestors are behind you they support you they love you they encourage you but they also want you to know that it's okay to feel and have emotion so that we can get up the next day so process grieve be sad I think that often we 
are just trying to stay in that survival mode that we lose just too much of ourselves. So we have to remember that um, feel to feel, to feel so that we can rebuild, we can keep moving and just don't underestimate um, the power of self-care. But, you know, our, our ancestors are, you know, fight, had fought this fight with us. So we're not alone. So we're not alone. You're not alone. And to know that we will rise, our, our legacy doesn't end here.